We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a band pile with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for today, Scott Fish. I'm here with Jay Clemens and John Tooby. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. I'm glad you asked me when we – I noticed when we've done earlier podcasts, they'll just randomly ask us how we're both doing. And right. then we kind of feel like reluctant That's rough. to say I'm doing fine. Here's the thing. For the rest of the perpetuity of podcasts, unless I say so at the beginning, I'm fine. Okay, then I'll always ask John. How are you doing, John? Well, Terrible? thanks for asking, Scott. I, I'm doing. You know, I got a little itch over here in the back. It's a little trouble scratching. Other than that, I think I feel pretty good. It was a good drive in today, and oh, you didn't need. It was just a fun. Okay, I wonder I'm doing good. People, so you thanks for asking. Your mood based on the drive into work. Well, some some days I use more of the fire truck word than others, and and some days it's a little <laughs> smoother sailing, and it certainly gets me here in a better mood. I wonder what people do think of that because lots of podcasts do that. Maybe we should figure out something else to do. Of asking. I don't know uh, what to ask. Doing. Yeah. I was thinking a great idea for a podcast would be a, a in, in-car camera on me and my drive-in because I have some great one-liners <laughs> at, at some of the traffic around me that uh, are just completely lost on oh, no one in boy. my vehicle. There are people I follow on Twitter. It would be R-rated. Political, sports, whatever. And a big thing now is them just suturing that little – camera, camera phone right up in the there car like as if they were an Uber it. driver yep. and just kind of venting while they're driving on Periscope. It, it, it must be. So it's, it's a thing. Cathartic. All right. It's got to be cathartic. Why, oh, it's why cathartic. Else? It's yeah. I'm a weird guy in that I don't even like touching my phone while I'm driving. Maybe it's oh just God, me, I'm but I do not. That's good. My phone's always in because I take 55 and people that live in Minnesota. It's not the freeway. So it's just a nice little two lane highway. So there's plenty of time for me to just look at stuff and drive. You know, it's really not that big of a deal. I don't text. Don't, don't I, tell the police what you're driving. I just that's, in uh, Minnesota, that is a le- that yeah. is illegal yeah. to even do that in yeah. Minnesota. So just so you no, know. No, no, you, no. But here with the cops, you could just tell them, well, I just moved here and I'm looking at the map to see where I'm going. going so you'd lie to the police. We do not endorse. <laughs> no, no, we at Fanball do not endorse police, lying to the do, police. I also support the occasional fit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so today we're going to talk about tight ends and tight end pricing on fanball.com. The lobby is open, we're adding more contests daily. John, who's the chalk for you this week in week one's uh, slate? I should mention before we start, this is the Sunday slate for week one on Fanball. That's correct, and that's important because you've got some big ticket tight ends that are not available in this particular slate. You've got Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, A.J. Derby. I mean, you can't get your hands on, on all these big names. Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates, Kobe Fleener. I mean, that's you've got arguably six guys that are in most top 12s yeah. heading into the season, uh, yep. and you'll be able to play them on different slates, obviously, but we're focusing on the Sunday slate, and it's an odd slate as far as the tight ends are concerned. Lots of very difficult matchups at the top end of the uh, of the price pool. The guy I think is going to end up being chalk is Greg Olson. 
you look at what he did against San Francisco last year when he had 122 yards and a touchdown on five catches in week three. And you figure even though it's a different San Francisco team, they spent a couple of high picks on defense. They've got a different coaching staff. They've got a different approach. The Carolina offense is changing based on on who they drafted and what they're going to want to do. I still think he's the safest play at the top end of this price pool. Yeah, and for me, I think it's Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham is the chalk. I know that he didn't do well against them last year. One catch, 16 yards, four yeah. targets. Yeah, but the the Packers were one of five or six teams that allowed over 1,000 yards to tight ends uh, last season. That's cumulative, of course. There wasn't a tight end that got 1,000 yards in a single game. That'd be crazy. Um, I don't understand that. Like, I don't want to disagree with you completely on all this stuff, but Jimmy Graham didn't even score a touchdown on the road last year. He had the bad game, as you mentioned, against the Packers. Like, uh, chalk to me is ambitious. I'm looking at it here. Has he even scored a touchdown? He scored one touchdown, looking at the numbers. Okay, he had a run there in 2010, 13, where he was doing well, but I don't think in the last three seasons he's had one touchdown and he's averaging something like three catches in week one. So, so that, you are saying one for me. So you are saying he's due is what you're telling me. No, I'm <laughs> saying history is a wonderful guide, is a wonderful predictive measure for the future. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. It's just a good matchup. Green Bay was terrible against the tight end last year. I know he only had one catch last That's year, but true. Green Bay is terrible against the tight end, and I don't think they're going to be any better this year. I am not a guy who spends a lot on tight ends, but I think that he could pay off. But let's go on to values. That's that's an area where Jay likes to live on the fantasy tight end. Uh, John, let's start with you, though. What what are your value plays at tight end this week? I think the value play I like the most is insert Baltimore tight end here against the Bengals. Uh, if you look back over the last four meetings between Baltimore and Cincinnati, the line for the tight ends has been seven targets, five catches, 48 yards, 17 targets, 11 catches, 91 yards, 10 targets, six catches, 53 yards, 12 targets, eight catches, 103 yards. You notice no touchdowns, but they are obviously being heavily targeted. So if you get Benjamin Watson or Max Williams, preferably just one of them healthy, so there's not another Baltimore tight end horning in on that action, uh, I like that value, and you've got Benjamin Watson down at the uh, $3,400 range. You've got Max at uh, 3200 So um, now I'm doing my Jay Clemens bargain shopping for uh, <laughs> for value tight ends, and I'm doing it on the on the Baltimore rack. Another one that I like, if you want to spend rock bottom th- uh, $3,000, I like Vance McDonald. Uh, 11 of the last 12 games uh, against Carolina, opposing tight ends were targeted six times or more. Carolina allowed the second most tight end touchdowns, and it's a Kyle Shanahan offense. I don't know that we're going to see the transition yet to George Kittle, but as long as it's Vance McDonald, again, as long as we've got one clear, we're not splitting between the two, uh, I'll throw that three grand at Vance McDonald and see what he can do. I love it when people geek out. That's a perfect geek out stat right there. (laughs) I mean, I'm dead serious. And here's the deal with the 49ers. Like, the last two years, they've been a train wreck. But they've been borderline amazing for week one, especially when it's at home. So why wouldn't you do Vance McDonald? Look at the numbers. Carolina, uh, according to uh, Pro Football Reference, gave up an average of 10.7 points, and this is standard scoring, against uh, tight ends every year. That's second worst. That was 31st. uh, Only worst after that was Cleveland. So you've got a great situation where Carolina is coming cross country. We have no idea what Cam Newton, the status of him. I'm sure he'll play, but we don't know how, you know, it just, 
unless Carlos Hyde runs for 158 yards and two touchdowns like he did against Minnesota a couple years ago, that leaves open a wonderful window for a tight end. Yeah, and I, I do have a couple value plays. Uh, well, first, let's, let's finish up with you, Jay. Your value play, it sounded earlier, uh, was Jesse James. Do you have any others, or you want to talk about Jesse James? I think I'm going to go with that, uh, that area of – I think I would probably go Char- Charles Clay or uh, okay. Vance McDonald. It's like I've said, I I I have, I, I play hunches. Like last year, I, we were talking about off air. I played the hunch of Martellus Bennett when Brady was coming back for his first game last year against Cleveland, and I think Gronk didn't play that game. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, so it was a perfect opportunity for Bennett to succeed. He ended up with three touchdowns in the game, something like five catches, nearly a hundred yards. He was golden. But there are very few times when I think I have the perfect lineup. Once again, I have my hand in air quotes. It's horrible for radio. But whenever I think I have the perfect lineup, I'm not thinking the tight end is going. I'm going to nail the tight end. The only thing is, you just can't have a tight end that is god awful. You know, if you get somebody ten to thirteen points, you're fine. You I've, need to clip the the timestamp on that because there's a we got to get uh, some sort of air quotes uh, fill in yes, for Jay. We need to and, drop for air quotes. And yes. B, there were some great tight end lines that we can just use out of context that we can come back to haunt Jay with. You know, I, I'm guessing some listeners are like, come on, give me more than a hunch. But the truth <laughs> is, with tight ends, they're so touchdown dependent, and touchdowns to are hard. Yeah. Like, okay, um, Zach Ertz is the only person on earth that you like, okay, he's going to get 12 targets today, maybe nine catches, but he probably won't score. Everybody else, <laughs> you're completely dependent. Speaking of which, I, um, the Redskins, they surrendered more receptions against uh, the, to any tight end than anybody last year. Well, so except that, for the Cowboys, my but yes. Of Zach Ertz winning the targets title this year. And I think Zach Ertz, uh, before we jump to, because uh, I know Fish has uh, got some great Zach Ertz numbers, but you also had some great Jesse James numbers. And as uh, as Jay was talking about Jesse James, three target, or three catches on seven targets, 21 yards in two games against Cleveland last year. And you go back another year to when Martavis Bryant was in the lineup and – Introducing Scott Fish with the stat. Tight ends only totaled 58 total yards in the two games. Those two games with Martavis Bryant were all Bryant and Brown. Another another thing about Charles Clay you mentioned as your as your cheap option there. Bolden's gone. He's not going to steal those red red zone looks. We don't know who is going to, but Charles Clay's what you know six four. He could play in the red zone. So people forget there there were games, uh, you know, even back two years ago when. Taylor kind of fixated on a guy, and a lot of times it would be Charles Clay. I always think of that game against the Dolphins in the rain, week four maybe it was, where the Bills just went down there and blew him away, and Charles Clay was running through the middle, you know, through the middle of the field, just knocking people around, scoring touchdowns, and that you know it's great when you can nail that guy where they actually carry you to a victory that week. Uh, you know, Charles Clay would be a wonder. You know, he I'm looking at it right now. Charles Clay will probably be a top six, top seven tight end for me in week one. Okay, well, look for that on Jay's week one rankings. When they come out on fanball.com, click the news tab, then click our rankings, and you'll be able to see where Jay ends up ranking him. So for values, I had a few, uh, and they're they're not exactly the cheapest. They're they're all over the map. I had Zach Ertz at 5,800. I had Jack Doyle at 5,200. And I put Cameron Braid at 4,000. Five teams in the NFL scored double-digit touchdowns to tight end last year Miami being one of them Cameron Brait had I believe eight touchdowns last year and Jameis Winston I don't think I don't think they're gonna go to OJ Howard 
that much yet. I think I think this might be the week that Brait scores right off the bat. Well, not in not in week one for sure, especially since they're kind of pegging him as the blocking tight end. Yes. And you look at everything else that's going on with that offense. Deshaun Jackson isn't a red zone guy. He's a deep threat guy. They don't have Doug Martin, so they're not going to run the ball in close. So Cameron Brait is a, an absolute great here. At 4000 And And, and $2,000 less for O.J. Howard. That, if you want to talk about a trap play, I mean, O.J. Howard has a still an ADP of, like, Tight end twelve, tight end fifteen. OJ Howard could easily get a touchdown in week he, one. He could, but I'm I would bet pretty much everything I own that Braid has better PPR numbers. Yep. I'm looking at this, you know, maybe it's because I watched Giants Browns, but David Njoku, the rest of that tight end core, you you couldn't take that the rest of that tight end core to a CFL practice, and I couldn't <laughs> tell the difference between the two things. Like they have no choice but to throw to Njoku whether he's ready or not. You know, so right. look at that. That's thirty five hundred dollars. A big athletic guy like that, I'm will I might be willing to take the chance at 3,500. Nice. Well, I, the the other two that I had, Jack Doyle. If if Andrew Luck is out, Andrew Luck already throws to tight ends in the red zone more than anyone. It, even if Andrew Luck is out, Scott Tolzien played one game last year and 53 percent of his yards went to tight ends. He lived on the tight end, so I think that's decent value. And don't forget, uh, Jack Doyle became Jack Doyle. Week one of last year, we right. had two touchdowns, I believe, on only three catches against the Lions. And Eric Swoop is injured right now, so that all of that could speak well for Jack Eric Doyle. Swoop used to play basketball, I believe. What? I know. I haven't heard Go that. Figure. That's crazy. I, I'm looking at these things. Like, uh, Do we even have Rico Gathers on the – He's a three grand player. Yep, he's he, a three grand he's player. He's your, your uh, preseason superstar that somebody's going to say, hey, that matchup, I'm, I'm throwing Rico Gathers out there and, you like, know. Who knows? Maybe he's Michael, this year's Frisman Jackson. This isn't, isn't a Lions thing, but Michael Roberts has been very impressive for the Lions uh, in, during the preseason. Uh, very athletic guy from Toledo. Could be. I mean, there's another guy for three thousand for three thousand dollars. Basically, you're hoping for a touchdown and three or four catches, something in the realm of forty-five yards, and you'd be rather happy with that. Right. And my third one was Zach Ertz. Uh, he has played six, the last three years, he's played six games against Washington. He has three 100 yard games. Zach Ertz only has five 100 yard games in his career and all five are against the NFC East three against Washington. And yes, I can see what you're about to say, John. I no, I think that's some (laughs) fabulous history. I mean, for me, Zach Ertz is, is like the chalk please. He's like the best play uh, at 5,800, you know, that's probably a little low as far as, as the chalk when you think that Jordan Reed is right. 7,200. But 5,800 if, if, if I'm opening up the wallet for a tight end, it's Zach Ertz because I love those stats. You see, I oh. thought you were going to say that those all came at the end of the year because that's what Zach Ertz does. <laughs> well, They're always at the end of the year. I'll put it to you this way. I'm already on record saying he will win the target title. I love tight Ertz. This year. Yep. Here's the deal. If say I had to play only Sunday only competition, you know the one o'clock, four o'clock, eight o'clock games are like are this slate sets out. up to do. Yeah, say I had to do that Sunday only for seventeen Sundays. If I only played one contest that week, I think Zach Ertz would probably be my tight end pick, especially at a 5,800 5, general range. He would probably be my tight end seven, eight, maybe even nine times over the course of a season. And to build off of that, let's say you, you're Jay and you build your lineup and you don't have the 5800 to spend on Zach Ertz, 
why not throw 3,200 at Trey Burton? In those games against the Redskins last year, Brent Selleck mm-hmm. got uh, the. There's only one tight end touchdown for the Eagles in the two games. Brent Selleck got it. So it with the the receiving core in the shape that it's in, sure. sounds like Ertz might actually end up being more of a slot guy, and Burton's going to be on the field. I know Fish is moderating this thing per se, and you've got all the questions. But let me ask you something, guys. Strategy wise, are you like me, where if if it's between two guys? I'm going to go with the handcuff at quarterback all the time because, you know, you can't have a t- – no tight end succeeds unless you get some end-around ball handed off to you. No tight end succeeds unless they have a quarterback succeeding as well. So if, it, if when in doubt, I think I want to go cheap or I want to go the handcuff. I think it all the, always depends on what quarterback I go with. But, yeah, I can. that's a viable strategy. When's the last time you picked a bad quarterback to start? I don't th- like a bottom <laughs> third guy. You're talking that's, to the wrong that's guy. Rare. Quarterbacks. I yeah, mean, that's rare. Fish is ill. Glad he'll he'll let the draft yeah. go, and then he'll just pick up some. Especially with Hunter, who's a college like, quarterback. When's the last time you picked a bad like somebody like Daily uh, Daily McCown or somebody like Daily? Me. I like to save money on quarterbacks. Okay. I'll just say that I'm I not Josh McNe- McCown's, but uh, <laughs> PR setting. I'm all about handcuffs. So to me, I think I hand my tight end decisions will be predicated on. On a quarterback hand, handcuff a lot of times. And you're going Taylor to Clay this week. I can feel it. All right. Let's 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 jump into trap plays before we get out of here. Who who are we anti? I know I'm going to start here for once. What, Bring that's, it on. Let's do that. Do it. I know that this was chalk for 2 but Greg Olson scares me. Cam Newton's shoulder scares me. McCaffrey taking targets in the middle of the field scares me. And $6,700 is a lot of money when there are options below him that I like more. I don't necessarily disagree, and like I said, if, if you are allowing me to, to work the board a little bit, Zach Ertz would be right, my, my right. more chalky play. Um, but the numbers certainly stack up for Olsen. But like you said, there's uncertainty in the Carolina offense. There's uncertainty in the San Francisco defense. So if you have that much uncertainty, then a top three tight end price is probably not what you want to pay. If, if I had to pick somebody, um, just looking at the list right now, and I'm, I'm, Jordan Reed is scary. Yeah, like Philly is number one last year in uh, uh, receptions given up, uh, yielded against tight ends, and they're something like uh, fourth overall in touchdowns allowed. So Jordan Reed's the highest guy. You know that that's a scary thing. And, and when he says number one, I think it's one of the best. They are top three against tight ends. We have the injury things. Like I don't know if I need to see Jordan Reed do well in the preseason to reassure me, but I know that I'm not going to be on the on that train for week one if he doesn't play at all. Well, Jordan Reed had uh, one catch for 10 yards and uh, one DNP last year. Shocking for Jordan Reed. And Washington tight ends with Reed underachieving like that only targeted seven times against Philly in two games last year. We already talked about how Jordan Reed's a trap play. Yep. But you got another guy. I, I'm going to talk about uh, Eric Ebron as a, a trap play against the Cardinals. That's uh, it, It's... I don't, you know, I don't want to ding Jay and, and the Detroit Lions here, but uh, Arizona right, is elite. Good defense. <laughs> it's an elite defense, and you're, you're talking fifty-one hundred dollars uh, for a tight end to face that defense. I'm, I'm not necessarily on board. Plus, we're we're not necessarily sure he's the red zone guy. You talked about Michael Roberts getting a touchdown. Kenny Galladay has been kind of the star of the uh, the preseason, and uh, you know, let's stay in that division with the the guy that I uh, kind of jumped off the rails uh, you thought I was going to go with, but uh, (laughs) Martellus Bennett. Now, here's the tricky part. Last time Martellus Bennett saw the Seattle defense, he had seven catches for 102 yards and and, uh, no touchdowns. Week 10 as a member of the New England Patriots. Last time Green Bay saw Seattle was week 14. They had four targets to the tight end. 
So Aaron Rodgers throws to who's open. He doesn't throw into the coverage. Uh, against Seattle, that probably means Devontae Adams gets taken off the field by Richard Sherman. Does that mean Bennett's open up somewhere else? I'm not willing to spend $6,100 to find that out. I'll save the 300 and go with Zach Ertz. Um, or, you know, I'll save two grand, three grand, and, and go down and shop at my uh, Vance McDonald outlet. I, th- I think that's very fair with Martellus Bennett. You know that I don't like Martellus Bennett this year, so I'm obviously going to generally take that side. Jay, I have one more, but do you have any trap plays? If not, that's fine. I, I can just talk. I think Julius Thomas is something that scares me. Uh, you know, we know that uh, Jay Cutler favors throwing to tight ends, and especially with him learning a new offense, you know, the tight ends are ba- basically your, your your safety black blankets after checkdowns. Um, that, that thing scares me. Like, I want to believe that Julius Thomas is this amazing athlete who can who can rebound and have a productive career, but I'm just not seeing it. I think we're giving him this number, this this ranking, this dollar figure, based on something that happened three four years ago, and it's a, we're kind of going down this road with Colin Kaepernick, where people think something happened five years ago can instantly just reoccur again. And uh, to me, that would be my big trap play. Um, Miami's playing uh, who in week one? They're playing Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah. That, that's not something I would want to – that's not a partnership I would want to enter in. And they were bottom five in the uh, league in, in tight ends, uh, touchdown tight ends allowed. I believe only three allowed all of last year. My last trap play I'm a little hesitant about. I don't love him for the season, uh, mostly because he had 288 less yards and 31 less targets going off of 2015 to 2016 with Chard Matthews entering the fold. Now they've added – Corey Davis and Eric Decker. I'm talking about Delaney Walker. Just Ooh. see, this is a thing. don't love him. Delaney is my favorite tight end. Probably just to, like he's never the highest ranked guy, but he's if you're ever watching the Sunny Ticket, he's probably my most enjoyable person to watch because with those tip ball catches and stuff. It. Like right. like that the effort, the just the the sheer force of will that he likes to exude on a Sunday is phenomenal to watch. You know. Yeah, and but when they added when they added Matthews, his stats just crushingly tanked and oh. now they have more weapons okay. but week one do they really have more weapons are you you don't think sure Corey davis and eric decker fine? are you know mm-hmm. yes i, do. I like Corey davis obviously physically he's a beast but are you sure that this is the year eric decker one of the best red zone kind of targets in the, the league top 15 range what did, why does he have to be top 15 all all each of those players have to do is take 20 30 extra targets and delaney walker goes from 130 targets to 100 targets to 70 targets. No, it's just, I, I, this is not the year. How about that? Like, uh, I like Eric Decker. We need a whiteboard bet on but, this one. Yes. We fact, need a whiteboard we have, bet. We, the people have never been here before. We have a wonderful podcast studio, but we have way too much room, the empty room. We need whiteboard bets. Stupid yes. things that Jay said. <laughs> you know, we, need we do not have room for, for all yeah. the stupid yeah. things that Jay now, said, how, that's for I mean, sure. Think of how many times have I already said in the last week, I will eat my app, laptop if yeah. this happens. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I – yeah, I will, I will say it is a plus matchup for Walker, but at 6,500 and considering the extra weapons they have and how run dependent they are and how much of a low volume passing offense they are, I'm just avoiding that $6,500 price. All right, let's let's get on out of here. Okay, for me at Scottfish24 and for Jay at MIN underscore Jay Clemens and for at Jay Tuvey, John Tuvey on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 